All right, good. Thank you so much. Boy, the youth choir did good, and appreciate them singing for us tonight. What a blessing that was. How many of you brought your Bible with you tonight? Will you hold up the Bible for just a moment? And I want to ask you now to join me way back. We're in the Old Testament tonight, the book of Proverbs, kind of right in the middle of the Bible. You may remember last week we were there on Sunday night, so we're in Proverbs this week, chapter number 11, and just one verse, all right? Proverbs chapter 11, actually just one statement of this verse that I want to look at here for a moment, and then I'll ask you, if you will, just to follow me. Listen intently, if you will. It is two minutes until 6 o'clock. My plan is, my plan is to have you out of here by 6.30, so you can fellowship just a minute. And uh, so if you'll listen quick, I'll talk fast, and hopefully we'll get through about the same place, all right? Uh, we had a good day on our buses. We had a good crowd on all the church buses, and we want to continue to pray for the bus ministry. The top bus today was the Pofftown route. Brother Jerry had 54 today on the Pofftown route, the Mount Airy route had 45, and then one of our Spanish routes had 40, and then I'm just looking over the list here. Boy, I think we had a good crowd on about every route. Uh, just a good job today, and I praise the Lord for all the good work, the folks that were brought in, the people that have been saved, and the people that were baptized today. God gave us a good day. And then I want to thank all of those of you that worked in the children's churches on the other side of the building, and then for those who watched the nurseries and cooked the meal and just took care of things here. Uh, what a blessing. I appreciate the hard work that goes into one day here at Woodland. All the door knocking yesterday and then the picking up everybody, bringing them to church today. We were coming out this morning and got behind an old Woodland Baptist Church bus on our way to, uh, to church this morning. I was honking the horn trying to get around them, and they went and pulled out of the way. I'm kidding. But uh, we had a good day on our church buses. I appreciate your hard work, and thank you for your faithfulness. All right? Proverbs chapter 11 tonight. It's Proverbs chapter 11. I want to read one phrase of one verse, and then I'm going to make an absolutely ridiculous statement. I mean so unbelievable. Nobody in here is going to believe it, no way. But then I want to prove to you that what I'm saying is right. I'm going to prove it to you tonight. And then I'm just trying to challenge you, all right? Look at Proverbs chapter 11, one verse, verse number 30, all right? Proverbs 11, verse 30. Many of you have committed this to memory. It says this, The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. And, now read this last phrase with me. He that winneth souls is wise. Would you say that again? He that winneth souls is wise. Let's say it a little bit more emphatic. He that winneth souls is wise. All right. Tuck that away. I'll come to it in a moment. Let's pray. Father, would you bless your word and speak to our hearts tonight, I pray. Thank you for our young people who sang and blessed us tonight. And thank you for the opportunity to be in church. Help us tonight. Challenge us. May the Spirit of God challenge us in what I want to say here tonight. And God help us to get busy. The Lord's work, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, over the last several weeks on Sunday evenings, excluding last Sunday night, uh, I've been asking this one question over and over again. And the question that I've been asking and then answering is this question right here. Who is your one? Now, I'm not asking you who your five are or even who your ten are, but I'm asking you who is your one? And 
building up to this, in case you're visiting with us as maybe hadn't been here recently on Sunday night, we're focusing on reaching just one in these days, really going after just one. And the one thing that I realize is that many of you have had your one in church recently. You know, we gave the card out. I asked you to pray, put down your one, and go after that one. And many of you have had your one in church over the last several weeks. Some of you have even seen your one get saved. But there are others that are here tonight who, not because of a lack of your effort or your praying, but your one hasn't shown up yet. So we have a special day just right out there on the horizon called Friend Day. Really, it's really one big day tied into a couple of things. It's Friend Day, but it's also our 100th anniversary homecoming day. Now, it is on June the 23rd. June the 23rd, Friend Day, 100th anniversary homecoming day. All right? To be more exact, let me say this. It is seven weeks from today. So seven weeks from today will be June the 23rd. In fact, if I've got them counted right, that's 49 days. 49 days from today is 100th anniversary homecoming friend day. In fact, let me, let me make it a little bit more real to you. 1,176 hours until friend day. Now, I'm going to go out on a limb right here and just make a prediction. But my prediction is this, that if you and I will really get involved in this, and we'll really work hard, I think that that day will be the biggest day that we've ever had here in 100 years of ministry at Woodland Baptist Church. I really believe that. In fact, I'm not overstating this. Please, bear with me. This is not evangelistically speaking now, but I really believe on that particular day that we could have upwards of 2,500 to 3,000 people here on that one big Sunday morning. Now, next Sunday night, I don't want you to miss that. I know it's Mother's Day, and ordinarily on Mother's Day is a, a low turnout on Sunday night. But next Sunday night, Brother Baker is going to preach the next Sunday night, and he is going to introduce to us the concept of having a friend day. And then over the next six weeks after that, I'm going to really be doing my best as the pastor in preaching to remind us and to keep that before us because I want to tell you something. You don't want to show up on June 23rd on that morning. You don't want to show up without a friend with you. It ain't going to be pretty. If you show up that morning, I'm kidding, but without a friend. Well, tonight what I want to do is I want to make an absolutely off-the-wall ridiculous statement. I really do. I want, to, I want to make a statement that none of you in here probably when I make that statement is going to believe it, but I want to prove it if you'll just listen to me for just a moment. Now, last week, I was preaching on the perils or the, uh, the pitfalls of social media. You may remember that. Last Sunday night, I talked about how we've got to be careful what we put out there. We've got to be careful the pictures that we take of ourselves uh, in places that we may be because we don't want to do anything to hurt the testimony or the integrity or the ministry of Woodland Baptist Church. By the way, we don't want to do anything, most of all, to bring reproach on Christ. Because more than about a church, it's about Jesus. Who said that a minute ago? The main attraction. Who was it said that here a minute ago? Did I just imagine that? Anyway, oh, in prayer room, you said that a, a moment ago. But I just want to say that it's all about Jesus. And we don't want to do anything to hurt Jesus. So we've got to be careful about that. But I used a proverb in the Old Testament last week just to prove a point. 
Remember these verses. Look at this right here. I'm going somewhere with this. But look at these verses. He that hath knowledge spareth his words. Now, from that, I just get, if you're a wise person, you're going to be careful what you say. I, I kind of related to this. You're going to be careful what you put out there on your social media uh, things, whatever, you, what do you call those things? There were social media sites. You're going to be careful about that. Use, uh, use few words. If you're a wise person, you'll be careful what you say. Then it goes on to say this. A man of, un I'm sorry, can we go back to that other one? A man of understanding is of excellent spirit. And then it goes on to say this. It says this, da-da. It says, even a fool when he holdeth his peace is counted wise. And then it says this, and he that shutteth his lips is esteemed of a man of understanding. Let me put that in precise kind of language. A man who shuts up is a person that's got great understanding. A person that really guards what they say. You know, the old saying is this, you never have to apologize for what you don't say. Is that not good wisdom? You never have to apologize. And by the way, you don't even have to worry about who's going to find out what you said if you don't say it. In fact, let me say it like this. The old folks used to say this. If you can't th say anything good, then just be careful. I mean, the, pro the book of Proverbs is reminding us, is telling us. Now, you've got to be careful. Many times it's better to stay quiet than to express your, your own opinion, to express your own notions, it's better just to keep quiet. So I think I get from all that a wise man will keep his mouth closed in certain situations. But now, let's flip that around, and the verse that I read tonight says this. The Bible said in Proverbs 11, verse number 30, the Bible said this, He that when a souls is wise. Now, on one instance, we're told, Shh, don't say it. But when it comes to winning souls, we're told, hey, you better say it. Don't keep your mouth closed. When it comes to telling other people about Jesus, don't stay quiet. You know, the old saying is, silence is golden. You've heard that before. Silence is golden. Well, let me tell you, when it comes to soul winning, silence is not golden. It's just plain yellow. It's just yellow, man. It's just yellow. So I want to make a ridiculous statement tonight. All right? This is crazy. But I want to make this statement. Look right here on the screens. My statement is this. The statement is, everybody is a soul winner. No, no, you, everybody. Everybody in this room, regardless of how old you are, middle-aged you are, or young you are, everybody in this room is a soul winner. Now, I want, to, I want to emphasize the word everybody because everybody's a soul. We all win souls. We do. Every one of us. Every day of our life, we win souls. Am I right? Stay with me. You say, preacher, you know, I've been saved for 25 years. and I mean, I'm just thinking back about it now, preacher, and I'm ashamed to tell you this, but I don't think I've ever won a soul. You're wrong. You've won a soul before. Yeah. You say, well, preacher, I've been saved, and I remember back 15 years ago I led somebody to the Lord, but, you know, in the last 15 years, I don't think I've had... Nope, 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 nope. Listen, you win souls because everybody is a soul winner. Now, let me prove it to you. Let me say, first of all, tonight, that some of us 
win souls to places. Some of us win souls to places. So what I mean by that is we go somewhere, someplace, we come back and start telling people about the place where we've been, and then guess what? The people that we told, they wind up going to the place. We won their soul. We won them to a place. Last year, for instance, last year, for instance, uh, my wife and I had planned our vacation. And I don't know about y'all, but I get so excited about vacation. I love vacation with capital L-O-V-E. Love it. I love uh, when vacation comes. So we planned a vacation. So the thing about it is the week before uh, the, our vacation, I was preaching revival down in Burlington. So I knew it was going to be a very busy week, so I packed the car up the week before that we left to go on vacation. So, I mean, all week long, I didn't brush my teeth because the toothbrush and the tooth... No, I'm kidding. I'm only kidding about that. I, did, I didn't put deodorant on all week. No, I'm kidding about that, too. But I, I just want to say I was excited about vacation. I was so excited, so pumped about it, I packed up a week before we was going to leave because I just knew there ain't going to be any time. I washed the car. Only time of the year I ever washed the cars right before we go on vacation. If you don't believe it, look at my cars. I was excited. I vacuumed the car out. I armor-awed it. I even sprayed uh, uh, Febreze in there. I mean, closed the windows up tight. I was, we were excited about going on vacation. So I was preaching all week long. And don't you know, right before we left, that Category 14 Hurricane Florence, we were going to, the, to, to our usual spot, and that Category 14 Hurricane Florence broke all of our plans. Just messed them all up. The, 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 we couldn't go. I mean, it was flooded. I mean, everything was bad. I mean, it, it, there was no way we could go to where we were going to go. So that Sunday, we were back here at church. Well, Monday came. We were sitting there. We both were just, you know, you know how you are. Man, you decided. Then all of a sudden, rugs ripped out. You can't go. We had the mully grubs. And I just sit there. We were sitting there, and, and, and I just looked at my wife. I said, let's just get in the car and go somewhere. It's packed. Let's just go somewhere. She said, where are we going? I said, hey, why don't we do this? We've always talked about it, but why don't we do this? Let's go to the Outer Banks. Now, you've got to understand it was worse way down south in North Carolina than it was up in the northern part of the coast. So we just got in the car heading to the Outer Banks. Didn't really know where we was going, never been there before. I mean, didn't know where we were going, didn't know the roads to take. We did, I didn't have a GPS. I mean, buddy, I just pulled it up. On the little, we got a little tablet thing at home that we got when we bought some phones. I pulled it up, said the highway, highway, highway 40 to highway 64 to highway something to highway something. I wrote it down on the three by five index card, and off we went. I mean, had no idea, no concept, no clue where we were going, but we were going somewhere. So we got there, and can I tell you something? That turned out to be. One of the best vacations we've ever had. Really. We went out there, and I mean, didn't know where we were going, but we, 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 we rented a house where you have to ride on the beach to get there. I'm not talking about road. I'm talking about on the sand to get to the house. 
So you got off the hard surface road and you had to ride about eight miles up the beach on the sand. It was unbelievable, man. You talk about redneck city. I was right at home. Everybody had their don't tread on me flags or rebel flag or, man, they had the, uh, and, and it was just car after car parked on the beach. They had their, they had their, 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 their grills out there. They were cooking out and they had uh, their uh, corn, what do you call that, cornhole bowls, uh, cornhole boards, not bowls, set up, and they were playing cornhole, and I thought, man, this is wonderful. They had them flags flying out there. We had never seen anything. I'd never drove on the beach before. Had four-wheel drives, Jeeps all my life, never rode on the beach one time in my life. Man, we got out there. We rode, got up to the house where we were staying. There was a bunch of rednecks from me. I didn't know Maryland had rednecks. But right in the house next to us, there was three families of rednecks from Maryland that stayed next to us in the house that we stayed in. And you talk about had a good time. We had, the oldest man of that family of rednecks from Maryland took a liking to me. Wouldn't you know it? You ask my wife. I could not walk out of the house without that man hollering at me. And then every time I went down there to, to, wet my, to, to throw my line in the water... Here he come over there. We had to talk. He just had a heart attack. And, man, I mean, we just talk and solve the problems of the world. He was out there flying a kite. He flew it over our house, and it got wrapped up in the TV antenna or something. And, man, I was up there trying to un unhook his kite, man, get it back over there. I'm telling you, like that drove me crazy. But we had a good time that week anyway. There were no restaurants up there. There's no restaurants. So if you're going to eat, you eat at your house. So they told us now, you're staying way up here. You go to the grocery store before you go up there. So we went to the grocery store and bought a bunch of stuff. Man, I'm talking about cookie dough, chocolate chip, ice cream. And, I mean, we loaded up for the week, and we drove up there, and I think we may have come back to town maybe one time that whole week. We had a time. that I'm telling you, you won't believe this. There's horses up there on them beaches. I never seen, I mean, they get out there in the water and just play around in the water and just, they drink that, I don't know how they live, but they drink that salt water and you're not supposed to touch them. You're supposed to stay 50 feet away from them, but they don't, they don't know that rule, evidently. They ain't read them signs because they just come right up next to you. You don't touch them, don't pet them, and whatever you do, don't feed them because they'll put you in an electric chair if you feed them, but... I'm telling you, they just walked up in the yard. We got pictures. We were snapping pictures of them, making movies of them. Them horses, bless their heart. I know what they're thinking. Another bunch of tourons. <laughs> I mean, because when you take their pictures, like they're just, oh. This how, honestly, that, we had a great time. The fire department up there sells ice cream. You ain't had ice cream till you had ice cream from the fire department. That's the only thing up there they sell is ice cream at the fire department. And, and we, just had a, we just had a great time that week, really did. We got out and rode every night through them woods. I mean, there's not many houses up there. At mid, at, when it gets dark, it's black as midnight. You know why? Ain't no street lights. I mean, nothing going on up there. We rode around. We took all them dirt roads, saying it had rained like crazy from that hurricane, and they were they were ponds in the road, probably waist deep. I tell I tell mom, I said, Mama, roll you end up. We took that jeep right through them ponds, man. We rode around. We followed them horses around. We check them out. They were here, there every night. We'd get out and go horse hunting. We had a time up there. Well, guess what we did? Well, when we come back. We got our children. The children all come to the house. 
And we started telling them children about our vacation. We had pictures that we took, and man, I'd, I'd thumb through my phone, show them pictures. I had made some movies. I'd put, put that button there, and the, the horses go out there playing in the water, the, the waves crashing around on them. We had a time. We was telling them all about it. And guess what? This summer, my children and my grandchildren are going up there to the northern part of the Outer Banks. You know why? We want them to it. We want them. Now, they may never go back again, but we want them one time. We want them to a place. We just come back and started testifying. We just come back and started letting, showing them pictures. Can I say it like this? We was excited about it. And the excitement rubbed off of us and rubbed onto them. And now this summer, they're taking their families and going up there. Yeah. They ain't nothing to do but ride around and look at horses. But they did it. And guess what? We want them. We want them to a place. Some of us win people to places all the time. For instance, you go out and eat at a restaurant. And I, you enjoy the meal, you enjoy the food, and the service is good, and you come back and say, I tell you all, you've got to go to this restaurant, call the name of it. You've got to go there. I'm telling you, the food is wonderful, and the service is uh, just second to nobody's. It's wonderful there. And guess what happens? Those people go over and try that restaurant. You know why? You want them to a place. Everybody wins souls. You see, some of us win people to places. Number two, some of us win people to products. Now, what I mean by that is this. Ladies, listen, you ladies in here, sometimes you win other people to, to products. I mean, here, here comes this miracle working laundry, washing detergent out. You know, I, you know, when I was growing up, it was always called washing powders. The, the, anybody here still call it washing powders? It was always, it's not pods. What is a pod? Who knows what a pod is? Even though we use them, throw them in there. We say, do you, you put the powders in? Yeah, honey, the pod's in. But just suppose they come out with this miracle washing, miracle wash, working washing pod detergent, powders, whatever. And they bring it out and, and you throw your husband's dirty, sweaty, smelly clothes in there and you wash them and they come out looking like they did five years ago. Well, you call your friend up and say, you're not going to believe this, but I tried this new detergent I bought at the grocery store. You're not going to believe this, but I washed my, you know how dirty my husband is. I mean, he's filthy, comes home, he smells like a mule in a barn. I mean, he stinks when he comes home. But you know something, I washed it in this detergent. You won't believe it. It looks like, it's, it, looks like it did five years ago. Got all that yellow stuff out of it. Smells good. First thing you know, they head out to the food line and buy them some of that miracle working, washing, powder, pod, whatever. You want them to a product. I mean, y'all are with me. Maybe some of you ladies go to CVS and you buy some of that, that anti-wrinkle cream. You put that stuff on and you wash that stuff off and all the wrinkles. You look 25 years younger. Somebody comes up to you and says, Hey, hey, can I ask you, what have you done? You look so much younger. Oh, you say, man, thank you. But I look so much. I bought this, this anti-wrinkle cream. It's called Wrinkle Be Gone. And I bought it at the CVS. 
We bought it up there, and I put that stuff on, and voila, here I look. Guess what? She can't wait for church to get over her because she's going to CVS and get wrinkle be gone. You want her to a product. I mean, y'all with me? You, you, you were excited about it. You told her about it, and she went, next thing you know, she went and got her side. Now, I'm not going to let us men off the hook because we're just as bad. You know it's time to mow the yard now. How many of y'all, I can't wait, every year I can't wait to mow the yard maybe a couple of times. And then after a couple of times, I'm ready for the frost. I'm ready for it now. I'm done with it. The excitement of it has done wore off. I'm ready for the first snow to fly, kill the grass. But you know you got to use them weed eaters around, don't you? And one of the things that I hate so bad about it is the string breaks on them crazy things so much. And you have to stop, unscrew the thing, wrap some more around there, pull it out, whatever, put it back on. We need it more, about five more minutes, it breaks again. And, and you know, but, but what about this? What if you went to Walmart and brought some, and brought, brought some of that anti-break weed eater string? And I mean, you bought it, and, you, and, and I mean, you was, you, was sawing, you was sawing through stinking chain-link fences with it, and it wasn't breaking. I mean, it was cutting a fence. And you picked it up and string was still that long hanging out that thing. Well, you come over here. It's break time. You tell your buddy, you don't believe this. I went to Walmart and brought some of this anti-break weed eater string. And can I tell you it really well? I went up against the chain link fence. The next thing I know, I'd cut the chain link fence right in two. You got to try some of that. On his way home that night, he stops by Walmart, buys some of that anti-break weed eater string. You know why? You want him to a product. You just told him about it. You were just excited about it, and guess what? He had to have what you had. You see, sometimes we win, people, we, win, we win souls to places. Sometimes we win them to products. Number three, watch this. Sometimes we win people to a person. For instance, you go to a doctor. And uh, you, 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 you're you not feeling good, so you sit down at the doctor, and the doctor actually sits down and takes time to listen to what's wrong with you. Boy, that's unusual, ain't it? I mean, it isn't a five-second visit. He comes in, pulls up a chair, and just says, all right, gets his pen and his pad out and says, what's wrong with you? And he just sits there and listens to you going for about 30 minutes. And then finally he says, I know exactly what you, what's wrong with you. Your gallbladder's gone bad. So what we're going to do is I'm going to give you this, this gallbladder, and he gives you that medicine, and then two or three days later, he calls you at home just to check on you, see how you are. Well, you come over here to church. You ever notice how old people talk about the colons all the time? You never hear another teenager ask another teenager, how's your colon today? <laughs> Teenagers don't talk about colons. But old folks do. You ever hear the average conversation, the old folk, how's your colon doing? Well, my colon's doing pretty good. You know, I got that diverticulitis, you know. Y'all pray for me now. I tell you, I ate some lettuce the other day. It backfired on me. Just, whoo! So you come over here to church, and you say, you know something? I tried this new doctor out, and he actually sat there and listened to me. And not only that, he gave me some medicine. You know, I feel so much better. And you know something? He even called me two or three days later to check on me. Guess what? That, that person says, you know something? I, I'm going to try that doctor out. You want them to a person. Maybe it's a plumber. 
Maybe your, your sink got clogged up. And you tried all that, all that stuff. You poured down the sink. Finally, you just had to call out the plumber. And the plumber come out there, stayed out there about an hour, plunged your sink, got all the stuff out of it. Charge said, now you know what? I ain't going to charge him. I'm going to charge $15 for this. You go back and say, hey, man, I know if you need a plumber, I'll tell you who to call. He stayed at my house for an hour and charged me $15 and called me two or three later, days later and see how my, how my drain was. Now I'm going overboard a little bit. But the next time they start having plumbing problems, you know who they're going to probably call? Yeah, because you want them. You want them to a person. Now, I want to say every day of our life, you and I win souls. I mean, every day, someplace we go to eat, someplace we go vacation, somebody we use as a doctor or plumber, or, um, whatever, electrician, whatever, we constantly are in the habit of winning souls to places, products, and people. Then why, pray tell, can't we win souls to Jesus? I mean, listen to this. I, I wrote this down and I'm done. 626, listen to this. There are th three things to get my kids, to win my kids to those outer banks. We went to a place called Karova. Karova. It's Caro, Virginia. And they put the word, because it's right on the line. They got fences up there to keep them horses from crossing over into Virginia because they don't want them up there. And so they call it, the name of the place is Karova, Caro. Virginia, and they call it Corova. How did I get my kids to go up there? Three ways. Number one, I experienced it myself. It all started from an experience that I had. Oh, I went up there, not at all knowing what I was getting myself into. I thought, man, we're just going to ride up there. We probably ain't going to like it. And we fell in love with it. Now, look at me, firsthand. I know what I'm talking about. I am an expert well, maybe not an expert, but I can tell you all about it. Honey, did you bring that book? Did you give it away? Hold that book up just for a second. It's in the car. Wonderful. We got a book about horses from up there. I've read that book from cover to cover. You don't know anything about them horses? Ask me. There's only 90 to 100 of them. They keep them thinned out because they don't want them to overpopulate. And I can even tell you, man, I can tell you what some of the colors are, some of the breeds are, how they got there. I've read the book. I saw it firsthand. I experienced it. That's how I got them there. I had to experience myself. Have you ever experienced the Lord Jesus in your life? Have you ever? I, they sang, we sang it a moment ago, I know my name is written. Do you know your name is written there? Have you ever experienced the new birth? Buddy, I'll tell you, you're a candidate to tell somebody about it because you've experienced it yourself. But not only did I experience it, then I expressed it. We came back, phones wide open, plumbing through pictures, showing horses, putting buttons, making movies of them, showed them the rednecks from Maryland, the, the truck. They had these huge dogs. I'm talking about in their house, three or four of them in their house. Rode down here in pickups that was rusted out from Maryland. And then they took up with me, of all people. Birds of a feather flock together. We had a great time, me and Henry, from Maryland. But I tell you what, man, we, we had a good time. So we come back, we showed them. And by the way, we got excited about it. You don't expect people to get excited about what you're not excited about. So we would come back saying, look at this. And watch this. And look at it. 
What's this movie? Yeah, that one's right up there at the house the other morning. Yeah, Mr. Ed. A horse is a horse, of course. He was in the yard when we woke up the other morning. Yeah, we could have pet him, but we're not supposed to. So he come up and nuzzled us a little bit. They got fences underneath the houses to keep the horses from getting up under the houses and making a mess. It's unbelievable. We experienced it. We expressed it. We started telling them about it. And then we said to them, we extended it. So we said to them, you know something? Y'all ought to go up there and try that sometime. And guess where they're going this year? We want them to the Outer Banks. Now, when's the last time you won somebody to Jesus? Have you experienced him? You're a candidate. All we got to do now is say, hey, look at this. This is what it was before I got saved. And watch this movie now that I am saved. This is me now. You know who made that difference? Jesus did. And then say, you ought to know Jesus. I highly recommend him. He's the most wonderful, best thing that's ever happened to me. And I'd just like to see you know the same Savior that I know. Isn't that simple? Isn't that, don't we? Now, all right, do you agree with me when I say we win souls every day? We do, don't we? Some of you ain't going to say it because you know you're guilty of it. But we win souls every day of our life. Why not win people to Jesus as well? Who's your who are you bringing on friend day? Don't show up without a friend. Don't show up without a friend. Let's bow our heads. Father.